Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening and it's been such a blast. There's so many high vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. If I don't do it now, am I ever going to do it? And for me, I asked myself that question. And honestly, the alternative, which was never trying, was 10 times scarier than the thought of trying. If you're a person who's looking to have more purpose in your life, if you're saying to yourself, I don't want to just go to work, I want to do my life's work, this is the show. This is the show, don't keep your day job. How do you figure out how to take your passion and turn it into a profit? Life is too short not to wake up every day excited. You've got something that you've got to share with the world. I'm positive. That's why you're here. The show will not just give you inspiration, but some real life tools that you can start to take some real action week after week so that you can not just go to work and build someone else's dream. You can do the thing that you've always truly wanted to do. Make yourself the happiest version of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so happy that you're here. Thanks to Living Proof for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Switch to Living Proof today by visiting livingproof.com slash dreamjob and use promo code dreamjob and you'll get a free sample of their award-winning dry shampoo with your purchase. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. Merry Christmas. Happy everything. Happy holidays. Uh, It's Christmas Eve. There's a magic right now in the air. I feel like no matter what you're celebrating There's just something right now about how the whole world feels connected together in this moment. And we're always connected under the same moon, under the same sky, but it feels like people are more aware of that today. So that is a good thing. It's a good feeling. I hope that you carve out a little time for yourself today. I hope that you give yourself the gift this season and going into the next year of more time with you, more time beyond the swirling thoughts that are constantly there. And again, that's what minds do. Minds think, they strategize, they worry, they get anxious, they get overwhelmed. That is so normal. That's part of being a human. That's part of the human experience. But we can practice feeling beyond the thoughts and seeing beyond the thoughts. And one thing somebody suggested to me recently Imagine that you're sitting by a stream and there's a really nice steady current and you watch as the lily pads in the stream just go floating by. And he said, you know, it's a good way to think of it. When you start to observe that you're feeling anxious or you hear yourself think something that makes you feel really triggered, what if you could set it on one of those lily pads in your mind and then just watch it pass by? And then put the next thought that comes on another lily pad and watch that pass by. And you start to feel that there is a little distance between who you are and what is absolutely true and these things that are just thoughts that feel so triggering, that feel so overwhelming, that can feel so um, true and scary. And maybe they're just thoughts. And maybe beyond the thoughts is this pool of love and energy that connects everything, every plant, every flower, every human, every smile. Maybe there's something much bigger that we can tap into. And maybe in that awareness, sitting in the flow of that bigger energy and really tapping into our true state of being, we can find a sense of what we really want to do. We can find a sense of courage. We can find a sense of calm and well-being that is always there. Sometimes we just have to get a little distance between who we are and what really is and all of those thoughts. So just something to chew on this week as schedules get a little bit off their routine and we are around a bunch of family and people and there's a lot going on. And while some of it is beautiful, some of it is very triggering. So I hope that you continue to take care of yourself and give yourself more of that gift because it will help you set intention for the new year. 
Now, I am very, very, very excited about today's episode. So I spent the last week or so interviewing you guys. Um, we got a bunch of emails of all the things that you've done since listening to the show, what the show has encouraged you to do, and some incredible things that have happened. And I can already feel how that's making so many vibrations throughout the world and in your corner of the world, how you're lighting it up and giving people around you permission to go do things that make them happy. So I, I don't know if you realize what a huge effect that this is having. And I want to thank you for helping me create this because we're doing this together. So we read through tons of emails and we wound up going ahead and interviewing several of you. And I'm so excited. So you're going to hear one of those stories today. You're going to hear one of those stories on Thursday and they're all different. And I, I encourage you to listen to them all because I think that they're really going to make an impact for you. And you're going to feel so hopeful um, and so excited about what's really possible. So today, our guest is the incredible Becky Scott. She started this journey a year ago. You're going to hear all about how she listened to the first episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job on January 1st of 2018. And she was in a really, really dark place. She's going to tell you what was going on. She didn't let that get in the way of her lifelong dream. She had this dream to go out her whole life. She wanted to make a movie. And she listened to the episode and you got to hear what happened because she didn't have anything really. She didn't have any funding. She had never made a movie before, but she had listened to this episode. She got so fired up and so clear and she just connected with what was really, really true for her, what, what she really felt called to do. She didn't have a huge resume. She's not related to someone like Steven Spielberg. She doesn't know Jennifer Aniston. She doesn't have a trust fund, but she did it. And you're about to hear what happened because she believed in this mission and took that one step forward and then another and another. I don't want to spoil it, but let's just say that dream of her being a filmmaker is really now a reality, even bigger than she may have imagined. And it happened so fast. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. So without further ado, please welcome the incredible, really, really inspiring Becky Scott. So Becky, I'm so happy you're here. I'm super excited. It feels very surreal because... I literally like found your podcast January 1st of last year. And so it's just like such a perfect circle. That is so cool. So why don't you tell the audience what has happened uh, over the last year? It's, it's really one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Tell us everything. Yeah. So last uh, November, I was diagnosed with repetitive uh, stress injury which is sort of a cross between an injury and a disease where it's basically like the muscles, in my case, in my hands and arms sort of forgot how to heal themselves from overuse yeah. because I was a journalist. So I had to go on medical disability leave uh, from my job. So wait, just take a second and explain. What were you doing that caused that? Yeah. So um, I went to grad school in 2017. I graduated in 2017. So it actually was like a month before grad school. I had taken on extra work um, transcribing just to make money while I was in oh, grad school. I see. Yeah. And I spent like 10 hours. It doesn't necessarily mean anyone who spends 10 hours typing is going to get it. Got it. Um, some people are more susceptible and actually women in particular are much more susceptible than men because our, our muscles aren't as strong. So um, I, I did the transcription. I had pretty bad pain in my arms. And so I went to the, the university doctor and she was like, you have to stop typing for a month. And I was a month away from graduation. So I was oh like, that's not going to happen. Possible. I will take a rest when I'm done, when I've graduated. So I, I finished school. It was pretty painful. And then I ended up actually getting a job a week after I graduated, which I hadn't expected at all. And I just thought, you know, I'll figure out this whole arm thing later. So I started working at a digital media company and the pain got worse and worse. I had to request my own office for uh, voice to text technology. This is insane. This is this yeah. is like so devastating because you need your hands all day long. Yeah, yeah, it was really bad. I mean, so I I finally went into my boss's office. I was in the most pain I've ever been in my life. Oh. And I said, I, I can't do this anymore. I have to quit. And he said, Don't quit. Go on medical disability for three months or two or three months. So I did that and it became really apparent 
that it was a it's a permanent thing. Wow. So I went back to work after the three months. My hands had improved a little, but I again I still wasn't able to type. I was still in need of that office, which I don't think they had anticipated. And also yeah. it's something that if you don't have it or understand it, it's really, really hard to wrap your head around how someone who's young and healthy. Yeah. yeah. It's really yeah. hard. So I, I was back at work for one month and then I was laid off. This was like the spring of 2018 that this that I was laid off. So it was like the winter was sort of this winter of reckoning with kind of the loss of my identity as not only a writer, but as somebody who I always kind of hoped would eventually be a successful writer. So this was in the winter. And then mm -hmm. you were introduced to this podcast January 1st? I found it January 1st. I was coming back from New York City to visit my family in Connecticut on the train. And I was just like, I want a podcast that you know, I was feel I had that like January first feeling. I feel like everybody has it, you know. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a new year. It's a new yeah, year. January first feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. So I found it. I forget exactly what I typed in, or maybe I just went to recommendations and it popped mm -hmm. up immediately. Yeah. And so I've basically listened to I would say almost every episode, definitely every episode since I started listening, mm -hmm. which I believe was your second season. Yeah, which is our – I feel like you just get better with age. So I think it's our best season. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what happened? It this is literally me. like I'm doing the show for you, clearly, <laughs> Becky. Like this is what it's about. Yeah. No, it's it's so true. Um, uh, so yeah, I was laid off and I went on a walk the next day and I was just like, I'm going to make a movie. And I had always wanted this for like – I've always wanted to make a movie. My, I mean, since I graduated from college and I had this idea for a script that I really wanted to write. Mm. And I, it was this feeling of like complete terror in my body when I went on this walk because I knew it was going to happen. Like I knew I was actually going to do it. I so love it. it. Yeah. It scared, it scared me to death. Like I like, could feel my body going cold. I was like, oh no, oh no, she's going to do it. So <laughs> I wrote I wrote this script in two and a half weeks. I think it's a, a lot of artists and people who write describe sometimes the creative process in certain cases, not all of them, but in certain cases as almost more like excavation than creation. Mm. Like you almost feel, I. it felt every day like I woke up and like I uncovered the next piece of like what the script was. And you were just um, talking I, it into a tape recorder? You were recording it on your phone? How were you doing it? So, no. So there's um there's voice-to-text technology that was on my computer. So okay. I was mm -hmm. using voice-to-text on, on my laptop in a software for script writing. Cool. Um, so cool. It was like eight hours a day, probably wow. over two and a half weeks. And I kind of burrowed myself away from everybody for those two and a half weeks and then sent it out to kind of my closest film peers and people that I'd had a script writing group before with and I and I sent it to them and I had made it clear also prior to even writing the script I was like I want to make a movie who's in and a lot of my friends were at this point where they were like I want to have creative control over a project. Right. They were, you know, doing jobs that they didn't necessarily feel mm -hmm. super passionately about and they were yeah. ready to So I I was just really really well positioned in terms of like the enthusiasm from the people who were kind of in my network. Yeah, um, and that's what group. I was just going to say. And this yeah. is so epic. This moment. And this is what you just put your finger on. When we get to a place where we are really clear and the enthusiasm is lighting up and we are, everything is mobilized, like in our brain, in our minds, in our hearts. We are in that flow energetically. We are ready. Other people pick up on that. They feel that. Then their enthusiasm sort of partners with ours, becomes something larger than life. And that's when things happen, even when the details are fuzzy of how you're going to make this happen it will happen from that place. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it has everything to do with like believing that it actually could happen because I, I think when I first started telling people, not necessarily people who I ended up working with, but you know, at large, when I started telling people that this is what I'm going to do because 
again, that I think is something that's really important when you're undertaking a huge creative project like this is that you have to tell people yes, because I then agree. you feel 100%. more accountable. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, but when I told people at the very beginning, you know, and I didn't have the script that I was going to make the movie with even, and they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, they and didn't it's get like it. they're, nobody's yeah. going to believe for you mm-hmm. is how it, that's it, it. felt. Um, that's it. Nobody's going to believe for you. So, you know, and also one of the things like to reference Martha Beck's uh, moment on your show, which by the way, Finding Your Own North Star was a prominently featured book throughout this entire journey. Uh, she's amazing. She's so amazing. Mm-hmm. And she had said something about eagle versus mouse steps. And yeah, she talked about how you eagle vision see- and mouse steps. She talked about that on the show. So yeah, good. And yeah, it was like, I'd have days where I would be like, okay, we have to cast this thing. And then it'd be this moment of like, oh my God, we have to cast this thing. There are nine roles, like prominent roles, you know? And I'd start thinking like three or four or five steps into the future. And I would get so anxious and so overwhelmed. And then I would have to just be like, okay, one, what do you do now though? Like what is today? I love that. So helpful. So you reached out to a bunch of people. We're making this movie. You started to get other people on board and then what happens next? Like when you started to see bigger pieces coming into this and different people taking on roles as actors and as directors mm-hmm. and financing, tell us the next big hurdles. So we had no idea where we were going to go with casting. We had strategies like we knew we wanted to get names and, you know, we knew we weren't going to get, you know, Jennifer Lawrence or anything like that. Like that was the reality of the situation. But we actually decided to reach out to um, Janine Garofalo for one of the roles, who's like one of my favorite comedians. Yeah. I think she's just one of the funniest actors on earth. So we reached out like to her. How did you do that? We had an IMDb Pro account. Yeah, which is not hard to get. That's not something that's yeah. such a big it's deal. Really... Yeah, yeah. You can just pay for <laughs> it's it, really basically. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my directing partner uh, had, yeah, she had this IMDb Pro account and, and we just emailed her. Yep. We'd hired this woman who did casting directing, but she also like didn't know this woman at all. She was like, if you give me her email address, you know, I'll email her. So she reached out and we were all like, I don't have an IMDb page, which I should probably make at this point. But like, I didn't have, you know, I'd never done a film. Um, My co-director had done uh, one film and, but again, we were like nobodies, you know what I mean? And a week later we get an email back from her agent. And it just said, oh Janine is interested. I can't. We will. Oh, my just God. Janine's, but it doesn't even end there. It gets better. So we were going back and forth with her agents. And we hadn't talked to Janine at all. And, you know, they were trying to sort of get a little bit more money, whatever, which, you know, is normal for agents. And and so we decided, like, let's go talk to Janine in person because we live in Brooklyn. She's hugely involved in the alternative Brooklyn comedy scene. And we went to a show of hers and waited for her afterwards and kind of a little bit accosted her afterwards. And we're just like, hi, it's so nice to meet you. You know, I, you know, I said, I'm the writer and this is, you know, we're the, we're the directors of asking for it. And she was like, oh, I can't wait to do that movie. And we were like, oh, it's not, we haven't gotten any confirmation. And this was like two weeks out from filming. So we were kind of like, you know, panicking a little bit that we had not, you know, fully cast this role. And she was like, I'm doing this movie. You guys don't have any money to give me. She was so amazing. She was like, I have money. I don't need your money. And we ended up like paying her what we could, but it was obviously, you know, not a lot for someone of her, of what she does. And so- she told us actually that what it ha- she said these scripts never make it to me the like scripts from people who are kind of unknowns yeah. she was like your script was actually the email was opened by like an assistant who i guess was bored that day um who had seen the logline and been intrigued and then read the script and had like sent it to her los angeles agent who got who like printed out a copy for janine and sent it to her and she was like i read it on the train and i was just like i'm doing this Oh my God. So that was a really spectacular. I mean, it was like, honestly, magic to me. This whole thing has kind of been a little bit magic to me. Yeah, this is magic, but this is what it is to be in the flow and lean into what you're being pulled toward and go for it. 
that it is magic because we all have so much right there, but we block that flow. We're like, no, no, that can't really ever happen. So I'll just do this, which is so much harder because I've decided that it's easier, right? So yeah. how did you get financing? How did you get any money to pay anyone anything? First of all, the film was very low budget. We raised money from uh, different people that we knew. So we didn't want to do the crowdfunding um, yet. We wanted to just go with sort of private investors. Mm-hmm. So I basically just like wrote emails to the people that I knew. So I smart. put in some money of my own. One of my good friends put in money of her own. And then also like three of our producers worked for basically deferred payment and everyone took below rate. When I first decided I was going to make this film, I was really careful to tell myself, your film doesn't hinge on one any one person except for yourself. So because I, I felt very vulnerable, honestly, because I didn't have a lot of experience in asking these people who were so much more experienced than me to help me, even asking my friend Amanda, who I didn't you know, know super well at the beginning of this to direct it with me was a really vulnerable thing to do. And and so looking back on the process now at everyone who did it with me, I can finally sort of safely say, I don't know how I would have done it without any one of them. Yeah. And you had to have the courage to ask is what you're saying. Yeah, and totally. so many people would have had those doubts and insecurities and not done it. And you went ahead and did that. And thankfully, you did. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's something that I thought a lot about during this too, is like, you know, you may feel stagnant in your life, you know, and things may not feel like anything is coming together. But at the end of the day, like the beers that you're getting with those people on a Saturday night, the script writing groups that you're in, like those are going to be your people, you know, when the time comes is how I feel after this whole mm-hmm. year. Yeah. So. so tell us what happened after you went up to her. She's like, I'm definitely doing this movie. You got together some money for her. What happened next? Did you get other famous people attached to it? The other person who was sort of a name that we uh, wanted was David Krumholtz, who is perhaps mm-hmm. best known as Bernard the Elf in The Santa Claus. <laughs> he He's an incredible talent. He's so amazing. And actually, the way that ended up happening was we did it the same way. We went to the IMDb Pro page. We found his agent's email address, emailed her. We didn't hear anything back, which, by the way, was the normal thing. You know, we didn't expect anything from either, you know, either of these actors. So separately, in August, I was contacted by a manager who had read the script and was super interested in uh, working with me. So this had kind of been going on separate from the film. I ended up on a phone call with an agent. And this agent worked at Gersh, which is where uh, both Janine and David are represented. And, you know, I mentioned that we, you know, had gotten Janine and that we were kind of hoping to hear back from David because I figured, you know, you, you work at the same agency. And and this agent was like, I'm good friends with his agent. Let me, you know, shoot her an email when we're off the phone. Within 10 minutes of getting off of that phone call, we just got an email that said he's in. And so that, again, was another, you know, it's where hustle and luck really worked together, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So what do you think it was about the log line, the script, the way that you guys talk to people that made everybody say like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this? I mean, I think it was a good script for like, first and foremost, it, it was a good script, but also it was like, I believed in it so intensely from the minute I sat down to write it and it kind of just came out. It was the easiest thing I've ever written in my life. And I've written a lot of things in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think maybe that had something to do with it, that I believed in it so fiercely. And then along the way, as people joined the project, they believed in it so fiercely. And I think it was a little bit contagious. Yeah, Um, I think that that's true. On a really, on a sort of practical note, and this is like what I would tell new filmmakers or emerging screenwriters, which by the way, I still very much am myself, but (laughs) one of the things that helped was that the logline and the script sort of resonated immediately. Like there was a very, for lack of a better word, there was a very clear brand. The logline encapsulated the entire sort of plot. It was catchy. What is the logline of the film and tell us what it's about? 
So the film, uh, the logline is, a journalist takes justice into her own hands when her internet stalker walks free from the law. Mm. It's actually a, a dark comedy. I call it a satirical thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I'd gotten this idea a while back when Gamergate was going on and all of those women were being threatened online and nobody really knew how to deal with it legally. And they ended up being dismissed outright in in a lot of ways um, when they tried to report it. And, you know, I think technology has a little ways is it's moving faster than than the law. And so I kind of wanted to write a script about, well, what if somebody decided to, to take it into her own hands and not wait around for the law to catch up? And I didn't know anything about gaming, but I had been a journalist. So I decided to make it about a journalist. And it's a sort of prey becomes predator movie. Hmm. So, yeah. I mean, that resonated with a lot of people, I think, especially in this age of Me Too. I think people are looking for something that has kind of a, a happy ending, a catharsis. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what happens next? So last week I flew to – I was actually in Los Angeles all last week uh-huh. meeting different film executives and you know, telling them about the movie and kind of hopefully drumming up a little bit of enthusiasm yeah. um, for the film. And we're cutting the trailer right now. And we did what everyone told us not to do, which, well, nobody told us not to do, but you know, I read books and you shouldn't only raise production funds. You should also raise post funds. But one of the things Uh that I felt very strongly about, I was like, we will get the money once this film is shot, we will get the money that we need for Mm post-production. That was another leap of faith that I took. So, so far this year, all of my leaps of faith have worked out. This is the next leap of faith that I know is going to work out because, you know, I don't care how long it takes, but our goal, so we're we're doing different paths right now. We're applying to grants. We're in talks with a few different places for the money that would be going down like the production company route or the financing at an agency route. Wow. Um, and then our plan C will be uh, crowdfunding. You know, if we have to do it, we'll do it. And So that's our plan right now. We're hopefully going to have all of the finances in order by February so that we can start cutting the actual uh, movie together. And then all of the festivals are, um, they have a September, October, November deadline. So we're going to submit it for those festivals. Um, South by Southwest is really our dream festival to get into. And hopefully it'll have its premiere in 2020 at one of those big festivals. Oh my gosh. It's so amazing. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, um, I am writing something new. Um, I finally, you know, production has ended. I have time to breathe before we jump into post. So I'm going to be working on a new script and hopefully, you know, turn this into a full-time career. It's so amazing. And it's just like a couple weeks shy of the new year. And you've already written a script, found all the cast, directed it, and shot it. And then got the attention of managers and a couple very big distributors and movie making companies that everybody knows. And this all happened in less than a year. Pretty amazing. Yeah, it's been it's been a really, really insane year. But again, I think like honestly, throwing myself into this world of like self-development literature, the self-development podcast, you know, which is what I would consider your podcast to be. Um mm-hmm. It really does make a huge difference to sort of hammer that message into your head. Yeah. And what do you think were some of the things that you pulled away from the show besides the Martha Beck thing that are those things that kept playing in your head? Like what are some of the the things that you would go back to? I mean, at its core, I think something that you said in whatever form you said it every single episode was it's only possible if you believe it's possible. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't mean that everything you believe is going to happen and that everything's going to work out exactly as you want it. But if you don't honestly believe that something is possible, then it's definitely impossible. And that was that is like a message that we hear all of the time. But I think that I was really in a place where I was ready to hear it. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was extremely helpful. And that was kind of in every single episode in its own way. Yeah. It's amazing to hear that. And that's definitely 
I do want people to get unstuck and uh, realize that we are already ready. You don't need another class or a PhD or you just need to start to act upon what you already are feeling called to make. And even if it's not perfect, it's going to become brilliant uh, just through the process of going toward it. And even if it means you're going to pivot or you're going to wind up somewhere different than you thought you would be, it's going to lead you to how you can serve the world and to where your joy is sort of like pulling you in. And I, I have heard it said on this podcast in so many different ways that the greatest obstacle between where you are and where you want to be is your belief in how possible it is. And I think that what we say on the show, it's it's not something that hasn't been said, but I think the people who are on, uh, myself included, everyone's coming from such a genuine place and it's so sincere. Um, I think that sometimes people just say things in a way where it, it breaks through and you really hear it. And maybe you've like, those words have been said, but you haven't really heard them. So I'm so grateful that you've heard it and I'm so proud of you. And it's so inspiring what you've done with this. All right, before we go on, let's just take a quick ad break. I have so many half-empty hair products because nothing I've tried ever lives up to the promise. But then I found Living Proof and I love their dry shampoo. The other day I went to get a blowout and my hair was looking pretty, pretty fabulous. And about two or three days later, I was like, oh, I don't want to take a shower because I had something I had to do on camera. So I used the dry shampoo from Living Proof and it made my hair feel so fresh and it looks so good and it, it takes that oiliness out and it gave me a couple extra days to look amazing and keep the blowout. From frizz to damage to fullness, Living Proof products do exactly what they claim to do without using silicones, parabens, or animal testing. Unlike other dry shampoos out there, Living Proof doesn't just mask the oil, sweat, and odors, but it removes them completely, leaving your hair looking clean, fresh, and ready to take on the day. So do what I did and make the switch to Living Proof today by visiting livingproof.com com slash dream job and use promo code dream job to get a free sample of their award-winning dry shampoo with your purchase. That's livingproof.com slash dream job promo code dream job for a free sample of dry shampoo with your purchase. Livingproof.com slash dream job enter promo code dream job. Having now, you know, jumped into the fire and walked into things that were overwhelming and scary. What's your advice to people as they're entering this new year? I think that they shouldn't see something that they're not happy with as a waste of their time. So, mm. you know, for example, if you want to write a script or you want to write a novel and you're terrified that it's going to be bad, go write that script, go write that novel, and then that's going to get you one step closer to the good one. Mm -hmm. Join those groups, those writing groups or the art groups, or find your people who love the same thing that you do. And try to surround yourself with people who believe that you're going to do it before you get it done mm -hmm. because those people were really invaluable. And even if at the end of the day, it has to come from yourself, I think having that group around me made it less scary. Yeah. So. And yeah. as you went through this, were there moments where you're like, uh, I don't think I can keep going. I'm too scared or this is going to fall apart. There were moments that I was like, what have I done? Mm. You know, like when I showed up that first day on set and everyone was, you know, getting breakfast and we were gearing up for the first day, I was like, oh my God, yeah. what did I do? Like, because here's the thing. It's like, no's are frustrating, but yeses are terrifying. And mm. I had to reckon with the terror of so many yeses this year. But with that being said, so there was never a moment where I regretted for even a single second that I had decided to take this path. But it was a really scary year. It was the scariest year of my entire life. Oh, yeah. But it's worth it. I mean, talk about getting out of your comfort zone. And what's amazing is that we all bundle ourselves up in our excuses like a blanket. And here you were, just been laid off from your job had just gone through a really painful health issue and couldn't use your hands and wrote a script in two and a half weeks. Yeah, it was crazy. That's that's why I always say productivity, it's not about resources. It's about having an energized state of mind. And when you are that clear and ready to rip it open, there is no stopping you. And 
you know, one of the things also that I think about, about when I think about this year is like, you know, people ask me how I made this decision or how I had the courage and stuff like that. And I can say like, after having been laid off, there was nothing holding me back. I was in this really unique position to be able to have the time and the freedom and the energy to do what I wanted to do. And I think when you're at that point in your life, you have to ask yourself, you know, if I don't do it now, am I ever going to do it? And for me, I asked myself that question. And honestly, the alternative, which was never trying, was 10 times scarier Mm -hmm. than the thought of trying. And I think it's helpful to actually get to that place and ask yourself that question because that's going to get you, I think, off your butt. Yeah. You know? It's so exciting, you know, what the future looks like for you from here because now you're in a different universe, you know, like you see things differently. So now you're going in this with more confidence and more clarity and there's momentum, right? Like the movie hasn't even come out and there's already momentum. You already flew to LA and had some huge meetings, meetings that people would love to have. What do you want to happen? What are you hoping is it going to look like? Oh, I want to do this for the rest of my life without a question. I want to write and make movies. And I mean, from here, it's just on to the next one as far as I can see. Really and I exciting. want, yeah. Yeah. I want to make movies for way more money than I made the last one. <laughs> so hopefully that will happen. Oh, it's definitely going to happen. And I hope that you will keep us posted and let us know, you know, everything that's coming because we want to be kept in the loop because this is so, so, so exciting. So cool. Tell us where people can yeah. find you and are you documenting your journey? Because your journey in and of itself is so theatrical. So in terms of uh, me, um, I can be found at Becky Scott one on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And the film, if you want to see the journey of that film, um, yes. can be found at, at asking for it film on Instagram. And those are the best places to follow. Uh, Asking for it film on Instagram. Um, If our listeners want to support the show, can they? Yeah, they absolutely can. So they can follow us on Asking for it film on Facebook as well. And um, again, that Instagram handle, um, we're going to be posting updates. So we haven't launched any crowdfunding yet because we're hoping that we don't have to. If we do launch that, they can get any updates at those sites. And uh, regardless, they can follow the journey at either of those places. So cool. As far as when you had the, the strength and the courage to reach out to people. Is there anything that we could learn tactically when you were sending emails that might be helpful when we're reaching out to people? So that email actually came from the casting director and it was, um, you know, the most important thing I think in that email was the log line. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think for me, again, it all comes down to like, I sincerely and genuinely believe in this project you know what I mean? It's just like the passion, but just coming from this incredibly sincere place. Yeah. And just place of, of I think, confidence as well has really helped with not just emails, but in person. Um, yeah. And again, the confidence comes from like knowing that we have something really good here. And I just finished Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic yeah. and she talks about the arrogance of belonging. And that was something that resonated with me so much. What does that mean? The arrogance of belonging. It means basically that you believe you have a right to be here and that you believe you have a right to share your gift. So whether that means, you know, making furniture or making a film or whatever it means, uh, it means that, you know, I think a lot of people go with their plan B because there's a lot of shame about admitting you want your plan A. Because, I mean, who am I to make a movie, you know? But I'm no I'm no better or worse or I have no more or less right than literally anyone yeah, else. That's so true. But most people don't believe that about themselves. So that, I think, also was really helpful in approaching people was that I very clearly believed that I had a right to be doing this. And if you believe that, people will believe that too. They really will. I think that that's, that is the topic. And I posted that yeah. on my Instagram. You're worthy. And we all 
we we're blocking all these gifts and blessings from coming in because there's so much shame around having it and you can have it and you don't have to prove it. You don't have to earn it all the time. In fact, it's all right here all the time, but we sort of like put out our hand as opposed to putting out both of our hands or, you know, showing up with an ocean and saying, come on, God, fill it, you know, whatever, give me it, give me all of it. I'm ready. I want it. I, there's so much shame. You know, the, the nicest thing, the greatest gift you give to your friend is just saying, oh, I love this. Thank you so much for making me this or showing up. People want so much to give. It feels so good. It's such a gift to give someone else to let them give to you. And there's a real grace you give by just receiving. And it gives, it gives, it gives a flow to everything that's, that's wanting to come in. And so I think sometimes we make it hard and we make it harder than it actually is when really it's just about allowing, learning to allow Absolutely. Yeah, and let it in. Yeah. I, for a, a few months in the beginning of this whole journey, I was really shocked by all the yeses that I was getting. And it kind of felt like the opposite of like, do you know who I am? It felt like, who do you think I am? Like, you're like these people, you know, were saying yes to this project. People who, you know, I mean, Janine and David, but also like our other actors who are incredible talents as well. And, right. and this crew and this incredible director, director of photography and my co director. And I realized I was like, oh my God, people will say yes if you really believe yeah. in, in yourself. Not all mm -hmm. the time, definitely not yeah. all the time, but it's just like the imposter syndrome. It really cuts through it. It's not impossible. Yeah. It's really weird to discover. Yeah, it is. And what you're hinting at and what you're trying to put words to, it's a subtle but powerful shift in the way that you just kind of move through the world. And as you do that yeah. and you stop apologizing and you stop second guessing and you just show up and do and create and offer and speak up, it really is a huge awakening. And you look around and you go, oh, I guess that's that's what Steve Jobs did too. Oh, I guess that's what Oprah did too. Oh, I guess it's not about somebody tapping you on the shoulder and saying, you are knighted. You are allowed now to share and speak. You're worthy. It's just um, having the courage and the confidence to express and share and make whatever is feeling like it needs to come out and knowing that it's enough. And then everyone around you goes, great, cool, let's do this, right? So yeah. I hope that everybody listening just takes, you know, 16 pages from your book and, and starts to get into action <laughs> because it is here right now and there isn't anything that needs to happen for you to give yourself permission to do what you need to do in this moment. Absolutely. It's really inspiring. Um, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of that. We are going to continue to follow you and support you. And please keep us posted on all the delicious things that are coming. I definitely will. And thank you so much, Kathy. This was a pleasure. So fun. Okay. So how inspiring was that? I hope that you'll take Becky's story and use it as a reminder that happiness is so close. And, you know, some of you know exactly what you want to do and some of you don't. But one thing everyone has in common is we want more joy. We want to be happier. So sometimes it's just about taking that next step towards whatever that thing is that you feel like you want to do more of. It doesn't have to be doing something so epic like climbing Mount Kilimanjaro or making a movie. It could just be something simple like wanting to paint more or feeling compelled to write a blog or reach out to someone and interview your grandmother for some reason. You just feel like getting some of those interviews of people you love on tape. It doesn't matter what it is. It's not important to compare our, our dreams to other people's. But it's so good to know that things are doable and life can be magical. And when you believe something is possible, the world will conspire to help you turn that dream into something that really lives and lives beyond what you thought. Okay, so here are some takeaways. Number one, it starts with believing and nobody is going to believe for you. Number two, it takes hustle, luck, and sometimes a leap of faith. Number three, just because you're not happy with the outcome, it doesn't mean it's a waste of time. Number four, surround yourself with people who support your dream before it's even done. Number five, a no is frustration. A yes is terrifying, but you won't regret any of it. 
Number six, ask yourself, if I'm not going to do this now, will I ever do it? And number seven, you have a right to be here and you have a right to share your gift. If you want a list of these takeaways, plus some really good discussion questions from this episode, there's a link in the show notes to a cheat sheet we made. So you can go ahead and download that now. And if you're in one of these listening groups, you can share your answers with your group. Also, I'd love to know what nugget of wisdom you pulled from this episode. So you can go ahead and post that in the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group, which is an incredible place. You'll meet over 7,000 like-minded, supportive, encouraging beautiful soul. So go ahead and, and join that. You can also DM me on Instagram. I'm at kathy.heller. Kathy's with a C. I read all my messages and I do my best to respond to everyone. So that is the best way to get a hold of me. Also, I've been doing a giveaway on my Instagram. So if you're listening to this episode, the day it comes out, which is December 24th, there's still time to enter. You could win a free ticket to our super epic Dreamtopia workshop. Plus I'm giving away three coach bags and it's not because I have a, a deal with coach. It's just because I did a coach giveaway before and I bought somebody a coach bag and she loved it. I thought I'll do a few of those. But the next giveaway I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do Kipling bags so that we, uh, we have something that's also not leather so we can be kind to our animal friends. I just had that thought. But if you want to win a free ticket to the Dreamtopia workshop and a coach bag, head over to my Instagram. You can click on the post that says Mary Everything. You can find all the details there. And even if you don't win the free ticket to the workshop, uh, you can can still get a discount on a ticket. You can go to dreamtopiaworkshop.com and use the code earlybird at checkout so you can get this awesome two-day transformative experience for less than $300. And when I say transformative experience, that's really what I'm creating. I know from my own life's work that it's not enough to think about this stuff. We really have to have a shift. We have to have a breakthrough. And so not only are you going to come to this two-day event and hear from incredible speakers, some of the people you've loved hearing on the show are going to be there. Some of the successful entrepreneurs, as well as the authors you've heard, there's going to be many people there speaking and giving you so much food for thought. But in addition, we're going to be doing some real transformative work. There'll be some meditation, visualization. Um, there's an incredible woman coming. She is a coach. She's worked with Marie Forleo's B-School. And all of this is designed to help you really tap into the extraordinary flow of truth and well-being and clarity and energy that's running through you all the time. So you will leave those two days really having something powerful to take with you every single day, which is a way in to hearing yourself and the clarity and some strategy of how to put whatever comes up Whatever wisdom appears, it will help you put that into action and take those next steps so that you can take whatever you're feeling called to lean into and really know what is best to focus on to really be able to maximize your joy and turn all of this into something bigger and more and more fulfilling. The early bird discount ends January 1st, so don't miss out. Go ahead and go to dreamtopiaworkshop.com. Use the code earlybird at checkout, and I cannot wait to see you guys there. It's March 14th and 15th at the Harmony Gold Theater in LA, and we're going to have two amazing days together. I'm really excited. You guys are truly one of the best gifts of my life. I am so blessed. I feel so blessed every single day to be a part of your journeys, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. It means the world to me. I know you have a million and one options of what you could do with your time. And I would love it if you love this episode or any episode, if you would take a second and share the show with a friend. It means so much to us. There's a bunch of us working on the show. And as you know, the show doesn't cost you anything. But every time you guys share the show, every time you leave us an iTunes review, you have no idea how that helps support us and gives us more resources to make what we're making and add more. And I want to be doing some more coaching with you um, going into this year. I just feel really called to do more of it. it just It's really exciting to me and it, it feels like the right thing. So I'll be doing some giveaways for some um, coaching calls and I look forward to to spending more time with you and diving into your journey. So stay tuned for all of that. I hope that you guys have a beautiful holiday and that you take time for yourself and do things that give you joy because you deserve it. You guys are the best. I'm going to leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Thursday. Happy Christmas. 
The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Everywhere it's December, from New York City to Budapest, we are all the same on Santa's list. The streets are all filled with carols, we deck the halls in every language, you can hear the joy in everything we do. Oh, yeah.